Pet Behavior Consulting Essentials. The essentials for success for those who work with pet behavior problems. With your hosts, Dr. Suzanne Hetz and Dr. Dan Step, Behavior Education Network. Welcome, everybody. I'm Dr. Suzanne Hetz. And I'm Dr. Dan Step. And the topic for this podcast is the two most dangerous mistakes people make when using a crate for their dog. And the reason that we chose this topic, it came out of an online discussion that I participated in um, recently where a person had posted a question in a, in a group, in a forum, about um, recommendations for stronger, sturdier crates because the dog she was working with was escaping from the crate and she wanted to be able to get a stronger crate that would um, prevent the escaping or the breaking out. And all kinds of pictures started popping up in this discussion group, these metal um, cages like you would use to transport um, wild animals from one place to another, these small metal boxes, and also pictures of crates literally with chains and padlocks wrapped around them to try to prevent the dogs from breaking them apart or opening their doors. And I, I, we both just found this appalling. Um, and the first point, the most one of the first most dangerous mistakes that people make is that when a dog is breaking out of the crate, the answer is not to buy a stronger crate or put padlocks or chains around it or try to prevent the dog from getting out. The response is to find out why he is so motivated to break out. And most of the time, it's going to be because he's afraid. Right, right. Um, it can be fear of confinement itself. Um, it can be fear of noises such as thunderstorms or fireworks or things like that. It can be because the dog wasn't acclimated properly to the crate to begin with and he's afraid of being in that uh, area. All of those kinds of things can create uh, fear problems that cause the dog to want to get out of the crate. And anytime you have a fearful dog, the more that you can find him, generally the more fearful he, he gets. It's, it's, you know, think of a person who's afraid of, I don't know, a spider or whatever. And if you stand there and hold their arms and not allow them to express their fear, if they see a spider, that only increases their panic. And generally that's what's happening with these dogs. Right. So in the same discussion, it, people mentioned how they thought that Crating a dog with separation anxiety tended to calm them down. And as we just said, that has not been our experience um, for the reasons that we just mentioned. Crating a fearful dog or confining him almost always makes him worse. And pet owners want to confine him because they want to prevent the destructiveness and the house soiling that are usually manifestations of separation anxiety. But confining a fearful dog is generally counterproductive and can result in some really bad outcomes. Well, and, and with any of the really strong fears, it's going to result in bad income outcomes. The, the dogs are going to try even harder when they're more confined. They're going to try even harder to get out, oftentimes hurting themselves, tearing up their paws, breaking teeth. Um, and any time that you have a dog who is going to that kind of trouble to get out, then you need to let him out and find out what's going on. Absolutely. Um, forcing him to be someplace that he that is causing him panic is, in, in our opinion, just borders on cruelty, if not outright cruelty. The second most dangerous mistake that 
people make that we're going to talk about in this podcast is getting a crate that's too small. Now, that runs counter to what you might hear about in, in recommendations about how to size a crate, which is you're only supposed to get one that's barely big enough for the dog to turn around in because if you get one that's too big, he's going to um, rest in one part of the crate and relieve himself in another. And why is that so wrong, Dr. Dan? Well, oftentimes it's counterproductive in terms of house training. If your goal is to give him such a small space that he can't possibly relieve himself in one part and rest in the other, then there, you've got a real problem with the house training, and that's what needs to be addressed, not the confinement. And when you have an animal that's confined in such small spaces like that, they can't get comfortable. And that just, is, um, just seems inhumane to us. Um, the, the animal should have enough space to relax comfortably, um, to turn around, uh, to get up and stand up at full height, all of those things. Uh, the minimum standards for um, the USDA for keeping dogs, laboratory dogs in confinement is, is a space that's much larger than that. Exactly. And as Dr. Dan said, house training, using a crate for house training can be helpful, but only from the standpoint that it just prevents a dog from getting out into areas of the house when you can't supervise him and start to relieve himself and develop unwanted surface and location preferences. There's nothing magical about a crate that prevents him or um, in, causes him to inhibit himself from relieving himself. What's much more um, important is, as Dr. Dan said, for the dog to be comfortable in the crate. So to summarize, the two most dangerous mistakes we've talked about in this podcast that people make when using a crate for their dog is to try to keep a dog in a crate when he's fearful and trying to break out. And secondly is to buy a crate that is too small for him where he's uncomfortable in the crate. So if you want to learn much more about how to use crates in humane ways, ways that are good for dogs and not detrimental to them, um, not only in terms of size, but in terms of how you acclimate them to a crate, why a crate is not the same as a den, and that's been one of the other myths is that, oh, dogs are denning animals, and therefore they automatically like crates. We talk about what it means to be a denning animal and more in our webinar course at PetProWebinars.com called Crates and Crate Confinement for Behavior Management. So we encourage you to take a look at that course and also to subscribe to this podcast feed if you aren't already. And at PetProWebinars.com, you can also get on our priority notification list about new courses and um, inform informative articles that we post. And when you subscribe, you'll get our free special report on four ways to help pets overcome their fears. So thank you for listening to this episode, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Bye-bye, everybody.